Why, hello, and welcome to Biblical Chile. If you'll be so kind as to come this way, I'll find you a place to take that load off. They're just about to start. If you've been here before, welcome back. If this is your first time, let me fill you in on a few details. See, around these parts, we speak openly about the questions that people have on their daily walk with Christ. Why do you think God would have made us with that innate desire to seek something larger than ourselves? We rely on the Bible for answers and direction. But this is not your regular Bible study. Turn the other cheek. It literally means turn the other cheek. It means like, we got two, let them slap you twice. We value your perspective, and we want you to join in the conversation. The fellows will tell you how you can do that once they get started. And understanding that we can, we can release the control a little bit because he has it. Ah, well looky here, an open seat right up front. They're just about to start. Oh, there's the door. Listen, I'll check in on you later. I got to go. Order up. Welcome back, everybody, to Biblical Chili. Uh, Israel, could you lead us in a word of prayer, please? Thank you, Justin. All right, let's pray. Dear Father God, thank you so much for another opportunity to be here with the guys. And we just pray that anyone listening, that you just bless them. Let the conversation be edifying to you and educational for us, Lord. And I just thank you for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, today we're going to talk about worship. Now, hopefully, I'm I'm honestly hoping that we're going to go down a couple more avenues than just music, just a bit of forewarning there. But l- let me pose this to you guys. What is worship? Vocabulary.com says that worship is... Now, Tom, you got to start with did you know. Did you know. Well, <laughs> I, I, I gave them the path to know. Vocabulary.com. Look, <laughs> look up worship. And it says, worship is to show a lot of love and adoration for something. Believers worship God. People can worship people and other things, too. Ooh. So it's love and adoration. Um, we, you know, a lot of people put worship as musical, you know, that, as that, that form of worship. But it's not always musical. Worship can also be work and, like, physically, like, your, whatever your job you're doing, you're doing it as if you're doing it unto God. That is my act of worship. Whatever I do, I do as if I'm doing it to God. And that's my worship. So worship doesn't have to just be music. It could also be work. Wow, man. We're, we're jumping all over. I've always known worship as praising and also just loving something. I'd have never heard it any other way. I looked up worship and I tried to find... Something that was a bit more, like, what, is, what does scripture actually say about worship as, as in, like, general categories? And I want you guys to toss me a couple examples, either in scripture or in your own life, where, now, I'm, I'm going to go off on three different ones. Worship as homage or grateful submission to God. So I immediately thought of something in the... Um, Old Testament when the Jews um, were walking around in the desert and then Moses goes up to the mountain and for those who don't know Moses is getting the Ten Commandments from God and okay. when he comes back he's, he sees his people not waiting to worship him but they're actually worshiping a false god a giant cow that they took all their jewelry and melted down and they let their brother uh, Moses' brother Aaron made a calf and 
Moffat was like, what are you guys doing? And after that, he takes all the all volunteered men and they go and they wipe out those people who were worshiping the cows. And they melted down that <laughs> that idol of worship. They were they needed something to we as humans need to worship. God created us to worship. Why? Why do you think that is not to get off the topic no, of, no. of homage or, or yeah. I'm, grateful well, submission? I'll, go, I'll bring that back. So if God created us to worship because we were created, God loved us so much that he created us for an eternity to spend with him. If you ever thought about it, spend an eternity doing something got to be either one really boring or two. You, you need to have something to do. God created all of us with the innate desire to worship because when we're in heaven, we're going to spend that entire eternity worshiping him. And it's in our being, whether it's in music or whether it's in just actually praising and, and, and singing songs to God. So people, when Moses went up to the mountain, I can just imagine the Jews and it's been, been 10 days. Okay. He's still not back 20 days. He's still not back. And it's like, all right, let's, we need to do something. We need to worship something, especially back then. They needed something. Like right now, we all worship our phones and our <laughs> computer. But if he, without he, that. You got, ladies and gentlemen, he went there. Yes. Yes. He, he went there. <laughs> In that absence of any God or any anything to spend your time, they went around and took gold items and melted it down. And they started worshiping that because they had the hunger. So when you were talking about your question was exactly we're in the Bible or where in your life do you see that? That's yeah. where I see it come out as much that hunger and desire to worship. It was a wrong idol because they really needed to worship God. Taking this into a personal level, worshiping God in a submissive or adoration, I'd have to say marriage. Ooh, that's, that's really good. Because honoring your wife is also honoring God because this is a covenant that you've made before God. Worshiping him, worshiping your wife, you know, adoring your wife and that too, leading them, leading that marriage to him because we're no longer living for ourselves. It's completely submissive that we are living for our wife. We're living for God to lead our, our, our marriage forward. And so that, that form of worship, that, that being honorable to your wife, that, that being faithful to your wife, you are honoring your commitment to God. The more that you hold up your end of the bargain, the more that you are not selfish in uh, controlling the marriage, that you are honoring what you said you would do to God, being faithful, I feel that would fall in line with that. As, are you talking about like work, um, honoring honoring your wife or honoring your spouse in these instances? Uh, it is a form, or or would it be involved in worship? I believe so because you are the, the the marriage is you know you are married before God. You you start your lives, you start this this bond before God. So honoring your marriage would be. A submissive, a submissive adoration to God because you're honoring your commitment to them and to her. Well, hey, we just gained a visitor. So how about this time we go around the table and we see who's here? This is Sully. This is Mike. And this is Israel. And Tom. 
<laughs> if you're curious, Mike just walked in. Right. A <laughs> <laughs> L- little bit light, but we're we're glad he's here. Yeah, actually, we we just started talking. Yeah, man, we're only like a couple minutes in. So you're talking about engaging in engaging and being honorable to your wife or along those lines it's a form of worship because you're honoring that that commitment right all right excellent so does anybody else have anything so this is just the first category of 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 worship that i've discovered which was uh worship as homage or grateful submission to god okay if, if nobody else has anything then i want to i want to bounce off of something the the path that you just went down israel which was we, we are created to worship things, or we're created to worship, just in general. Why do you think God made us with this innate desire to, uh, how can I put this, this innate desire to naturally want to gravitate towards something that's bigger than us? Because that's essentially what worship can be like whether it's you're worshiping an idol whether back then with the example of the israelites whether you're worshiping an actor or actress or whether you're really deep into politics and you worship the ones that you know what i mean and i don't mean bowing down to them i mean you love them so much that you're willing to die for these people or whether it's you know a friend or a thing in your life somebody brought up phones (laughs) thank you israel um (laughs) So why do you think, the question is, at this point, let's, let's bounce around a little bit. Why do you think God would have made us with that innate desire to seek something larger than ourselves? Well, I, I believe it's, it boils down to love. Like you, that, that feeling, the ability to, to love and to want to love and to receive that, that love as well. Adam and Eve were put in the garden. God would come down and... You know, walk with them, talk yeah. with them. You know, have a that that relationship with them. We are hardwired for relationships. I think that that feeling never goes away. So to look up to something larger, to want to worship something, to want to attach yourself to something greater than you are, I think that has just been there from the beginning. That's good. I th- I think that's awesome. The relational side of it. I I completely agree. I mean. I, t- I still take this line for, I think James Dobson said it on Focus on the Family, that God loves you so much that he, that he knew you, that he wants to spend an eternity with you. And so because of that, he gives you the ability to, to spend an eternity with him. That just still boggles my mind when you think about it, that we're going to worship him for forever. But it's not going to be like a day. It's not going to be like a week. It's not going to be a year. We'll have no concept or logic of time. It's just worship it's just an eternity with god and there's no like in our finite minds it's really hard to grasp that that there won't be no end and there won't be no beginning of it's just worship and an amazing time with god just being there it's it's going to be awesome right when adam was created god created him for relationship and when eve was created it was to complete adam's side of his human side but they God still wanted a relationship. So he would walk with them every day and talk with them every day in the morning and in the evening. He was always there with them to, to be there to guide them, but also to just talk with them and have a relationship. When God created us, he designed us for relationship with him. So we still have that nature within us. 
to have that relationship factor with God. And when we worship him, I love how the Bible says in John, I was actually at a verse there. It says the last part, well, we'll just read it. John four twenty three. but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the father in spirit and in truth for the father seeketh such to worship him. People have a, a facade nowadays with worship. They go to a building or they go to whatever, and they have this form of worship. But it could be tradition. It could be just repetitive. They're not truly worshiping God. They're just doing it for repetitive motion, for for just, you know, oh, hey, I showed up. Oh, look at me. Or, or doing it for a relationship factor with other people. Because they want that relationship. Everybody has that desire to have some form of relationship because, like I said, it's ingrained in them. And But what God wants you to do is to worship him in truth. You come to church to worship him. He asked us to worship him, and he asked us to do it on his day. Okay, He gave us, he gave us all the other days of the week, and he just said, can you give me one? You know, he used to have every day when he started, he was every day, morning and evening. Yeah. Now all he does is ask, can you just give me one? I, I just want to have one day with you. I just want to spend one day with you. Can you do that? <laughs> okay. And he asks us to worship him in truth. And to me, in order to worship somebody in that concept and that, you know, you come prepared, you come prepared to worship. Just for me, it's it's one of those things on Sunday, before Sunday, I try to prepare myself. Before I go to church, I try to prepare myself for worship. How do I do that? I clean myself up. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> okay. Outwardly, but also in, inwardly. So I want to go to church clean. Not just clean on the outside, but clean on the inside so that when I get to church, I can actually honestly be truthful with God and say, I'm here to worship you, Lord. I'm here to be truthful with you about who I am and what I'm saying, what I'm singing, what I'm doing. I want to truly and honestly worship God from my heart. And I know the difference if I go there with something on my heart, sin or whatever it may be. If I'm dwelling on other things when I go to church, I'm not worshiping God. I'm dwelling on those other things. And it could be it could be sports related. I I mean it could be Super Bowl Sunday. And all I'm thinking about oh, is Super man. Bowl. You know? Oh man. It could, I mean you could go down a whole lot of rabbit tracks on that. <laughs> um but point is, I mean that that to me has always been a reference on worship. It's 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 simple. God didn't make it complicated. It's real simple. Right. And to me, that's that's what I get out of the the concept. Of what you're talking about, you know, what is worship and what is, how does it mean? What does it mean to people and, and different things like that? Right. Yeah. So, what about this one? Worship as service to others. I can take this one up. Now, worship is serving to others. Uh, well, some people would say.
I could see people going down the path of a butler or police officer, law enforcement, and medical personnel because they always have other people's things. Even church, I mean, pastors and different things like that, just set them down the right path and help them out through what they need. When I think of uh, service to others, I think of servant leadership. And in servant leadership, it is uh, you're not afraid to get into the foxhole with your, your partner. If you're going to witness to people, you don't want to be up on a pedestal watching them do stuff. You don't have that respect. Giving of your time, giving of your your own resources to show love through example, not just saying it. That yeah, that servant leadership, leading by doing, leading by serving, um, worshiping through serving others. Because I I feel I, <clears throat> I feel really good about myself i feel you know it's not like a self-serving thing but i feel good when i help others it, it just makes my heart happy and i know that um the bible says that we should um work as if we're working for god do anything that we're doing to glorify him and as if it's for him so that his hand be shown through our works when we talk about um, worshiping through serving others that that that's the train that my my mind hops on and goes for a little ride (laughs) (laughs) paul talks about worship and and service a lot and the greek word in for worship that paul uses a lot of time in in serve is um it looks kind of funny to me but it's like la larino or latrino eh, whatever but it means service but so the big key scripture that I remember it's the body of Christ. When um, Paul talks about the thumb can't say to the hand, I don't need you, and the foot can't say to the, um, to the arm, I don't need you. We, we worship by serving each other because we need each other to survive as a body of Christ. As a body of Christ, when someone's new coming to church, they need something to do. One of the things is, like they say, like a thief, Give him something to do with his hands. Don't let him just sit there. That like we are when we're when there's a new person to church or when we're the body, we have to be able to uplift and encourage that person. But at that same time, um, if someone is sick or dying in the church, or if someone is just stagnant and they're not worshiping, and they're not growing, and they're not as the body of Christ. We should be in convulsion. We should feel that same thing. If, like, there's a church that's falling, we should be wanting to go help them. If there's a, a brother who's who's stumbling, the the best act of worship is that you can go to the to the right or left of that person and help them out. In worship, I always look towards the service side of it, and that's how because I've even though I want to, I would love to have a great voice to sing. I do not have. Like that amazing worship voice. In fact, like when I sing at home, my baby, my baby boy is like, stop singing, daddy. Stop singing. (laughs) It it says make a joyful noise into the Lord. Yes, it's joyful to me, but not joyful to them. (laughs) Not not to the rest of the world. Not to the rest of the world. Like that's why I love a, a vehicle because I can, I can just belt it out for God in the car. No one can see anything. But 
we are called to worship and serve each other. And I think that's the big thing that in the church today doesn't do compared to the church of Acts. In the church of Acts, they grew like crazy because they were serving and worshiping and serving each other. Right. And, I, oh, go ahead. Go, Did, no, we, go. Uh, I, had, I got a couple of Bible verses on that. Just off of the, just the ser- active service as worship. Uh, this is Romans 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship, which is exactly what you guys just said. I mean, you're like, what is that? Slam dunk or is it foot? What's the football reference? Touchdown. Can you read read the uh, King James uh, version of that? Of this one? Yeah. Sure. Uh, Romans 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's your reasonable service. I like I like that, too. It's reasonable. It's He's not asking something out crazy. It's just reasonable. It's not outlandish, right? But there's also other ones, and I, I appreciate that you went down Acts, yeah. because it was. There's stories all over Acts of the church coming together, uh, doing, I mean, if I can say that today, this would be considered ludicrous. But the church came together, and they all said, hey, we have all these extra properties. We have all these extra things. Why don't we just sell them? And then actually, once we once you get to the end of that chapter, when it talks about that, it said, because they sold all of this and they all basically put it in a pool to help each other, help the ministry basically, and basically give the, the, the first century Christian church a big financial boost to get the ministry out there. And after they did this, right at the end, it says something very interesting. And it says that they worshiped God because all of this happened and they were all of one accord. And it said they were all of one heart, one mind. And it was just interesting because they served each other and we're helping each other, it brought not just worship to God, but it was it was just this great congregational just upheaval, this uplift. I was reading a, a story about something just like this, only it was a, a farmland. And the farmers had to sell their land because they uh you know fell on hard times and whatnot. And when it came time for them to try to buy it back. It had already gone to auction, okay? And so all the local farmers showed up for this big auction. And the gentleman, the gentleman's sons that are trying to buy it back for their family, they bid, and then nobody else did. They even sent it to recess, and they came back, and none of the other farmers bid because they felt that it was important for it to stay in the family. <laughs> and so rather than buy it for dirt cheap. They ended up, you know, reluctantly selling it to the, the sons. But I thought it was just awesome how the, the whole community of farmers banded together because they understood the the, the necessity, import- the right. importance of keeping that in the family and keeping um, that heritage going. So can I bring up one, the third one of worship? Not to, to cap this off, but just the third one of worship that I found. It's worship as, pardon my spelling, as 
reverence or respect for God? Is there any particular instance in your own life where you've seen this? Now, this is a little bit different. I just want to give a little bit of explanation here. The top, the first one we have is worship as homage or grateful submission to God. And this is a reverence or respect. It's, it's kind of the, the giving this when, when it comes to the submission to God, you are showing him reverence and respect. It's kind of the other side of the same coin. So do you know of an instance in scripture or in your own life? Where you've seen this happen with somebody else or with yourself? And let me let me read uh, out of First Peter. Uh, this is First Peter one, verse seventeen through twenty-one. Since you call on your Father who judges each person's work uh, impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in the reverent in reverent fear, for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed for the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Jesus, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in this last time for your sake. Through him, you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him so your faith and hope are in God. All this is doing is it's in, in this instance, just for an example purposes, this is showing that since you, like it starts off, since you call on your father who judges each person impartially, in other words, you're laying right now he is laying the 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 labor or the job of judgment only on God, and then he continues on. And he said, and he talks about, uh, for you know that it is not with these perishable things that you're redeemed. And so that reverence, that respect gets thrown all the way over to Jesus and saying, it's Jesus that was the one that did this. And this is just a very small example of what worship is for, for reverence sake. So what you're trying to get to is uh, um, people showing respect in worship or reverence to God in worship is their time when, so I, I, in all honesty, I think the most times that I've seen things stand out to me is honestly when people didn't give reverence and respect. I've seen Go ahead. different aspects of that. One of my one of the preachers that I listened to, a lot of his input on stuff was uh, Leonard Ravenhill. He's old time preacher. He got up. He was he was preaching at a meeting, and there was a. Uh, Back then, there was Methodist and Pentecostals and Baptists, and they were all preaching at the same conference, a holiness conference. They were preaching. A band got up and played, and the whole place got in an uproar. They were all excited, okay, over whatever the was that, that who that played and everything else. But it was like, it was interesting. His message after that band got up was entertainment is the devil's replacement for joy. He said everybody in the place was all excited when the band was playing, but when the preaching was going on and things that were excitable about the preaching was going on, everybody was not reverent and not paying respect to the concept of what was going on. I mean, nobody was getting excited about the things that they should have been getting excited about. He said, and, and, the devil's using some of these different tactics to draw us away from the things that we should be having reverence for 
yeah, you can get excited. You can get, you know, pumped up and over the top about a lot of things. And there is a lot of things in the Bible that you should be excited about. You know, there's so, there's a lot of things that we should be rejoicing over and have joy over and have happiness and have, you know, that, that vibrant spirit and, and that uh, draw for people to see. But if we do that in the wrong spirit and with the wrong, wrong reverence and respect for what's going on, if people are trying to make a name for themselves instead of giving reverence to God, I find that's where it piques my interest the most because I it, it stands out to me. So an illustration would be a banker has training on how to determine if a, if a bill, if a $100 bill is fake or not. They don't study the fake $100 bills. They study the real $100 bills. They look at them, they feel them, they go over them, and they, they completely study every part of the $100 bill, $20 bill, all that stuff. They, they completely study it. They don't study the, the fake ones because they know that as soon as a fake one comes in, whoa, that don't feel right. That don't look right. Something's off. And they immediately recognize the false the falsehood about it. And so I think that's, for me, that's, I think, the things that stand out for me because I try my best to worship the Lord in truth and, and with respect and reverence to, you know, who he is. Whether, you know, there's a lot of stuff, you know, controversial, whatever. I'm not playing those games. The, my thing is I'm responsible for myself to worship the Lord the way I feel the Lord tells me to worship him. I'm responsible for my family to worship him the way I believe. And then I'm supposed to find a church that worships the Lord the way I believe the Lord tells us to worship. And that's my responsibility as the father of my family to, to choose those places and to do those things. And so that if I follow those keys that God has pointed out to me, then when I see something that's off or when I see something that's different, I go, hey, hey kids, don't do that. You make sure you follow these guidelines. This is what the Bible tells us to do. Yeah, so that's my outlook on that, you know, reverence and respect. If we're to break this this question down, worship as reverence or respect. So worship as respect for God. And we, we spoke earlier how worship is just a deep love and adoration for something. And respect is giving... I don't want to say do respect, but what's the word? <laughs> Circular reasoning, yeah. Tom. Circular reasoning. Regard. It's, it's regard for their feelings, their rights. So basically respect for God is getting a real good look at his character. Mm-hmm. This, this question is just saying we, we love and adore God for who he is. Understanding who he is, you can't help but respect it. So you're showing love to God because of who he is. But what he's given us because of all the things that he's given other people and who he is in our relationship with him. And so to to love him, it would be like, you know, uh, to love him for that out of that respect, it would be like a plant trying to do anything but worship the sun because he can't grow without the sun. You know, <laughs> that's why sunflowers always face the sun. You know, that's how they they grow. And so for us not to love something that helps us grow because of 
his character, I I don't see how that's that's possible. Now I have a question: Is this the way that most people actually worship through homage, submissiveness, service of others, and respect and I'm just kind of curious on this now. Well, now, um, if, if I may, it, it everybody has their own values, things that speak to them, and God, you know, God shows Himself through through their value system. From for me personally, I uh, I come closer to God when it comes to things of the heart. I get moved by uh, music, but also by deep emotional uh, messages from the Bible. And so I know that I'm worshiping is when my heart flutters because it's just a, a, a deep understanding that that's how I'm worshiping God and showing the love that way because I can feel it physically, you know, from way down like in, in this area. <laughs> <laughs> so you're asking, do most people worship that way? Yeah, and I had a follow-up question, but if there's okay. anybody else that wants to... well. I was going to say, uh, as far as it, it, quantity and so forth, I think everybody understands that that's the way of worshiping. But like we've just defined here, uh, Mike touched on it, Israel, uh, so did Tom, is that it all comes down to the heart. If How can I put this? You can't fake something that's internal, that internally matters, If you if you know what I mean. So... People can engage in many different types of worship. Music hasn't even really been touched on that much, right. because that's but that's the normal form of worship. When we say worship service, we think usually it's a form of music. The reason we do that is, I mean, there's examples in here about that as well, where I mean, uh, after the Israelites were saved from the Egyptians and, and the the Red Sea came down, and they finally understood, hey, there's an entire sea between us now. And they were destroyed. God, you have saved us from from Egyptian slavery and being there for 400 years. It, scripture says they pulled out their tambourines. They pulled out stringed instruments. They started singing at the top of their voice. It was just their only way they knew to show worship and homage and, and, and respect unto God. The best way possible at that moment was to break out in song. And, and I would I would go off of uh, similar to what Mike said too. We we have to worship God according to our own convictions. There's some people, quite frankly, I'm not much of a singer either. So, <laughs> um, and I I do like instruments though, and I could play instruments and do it like a piano, guitar, something like that. That's you know the other side of music. But nonetheless, there are other people like I know. There's some people in my church. They're doers. We just got done talking about service being a form of worship. I think every single one of us have to find that fruit on the tree that we have to keep growing. And one of the best ways of doing it is showing that respect, showing that worship uh, unto God. And I, if I could just share something before I jump over to somebody else with that same question. One thing with worship that all of us can keep in mind, and this is even something simple for, for all of our listeners out there as well. Uh, worship can be broken down into two words. It means worth ship. W-O-R-T-H, ship, worth ship, which means what you worship is worth the most to you, and that's what you spend your time doing. Mm -hmm. So what I, and I've actually had it, and this is kind of like the poignant, it can be a slap in the face or a shake on the hand. Whatever you spend the most time doing is what you care about the most. 
where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Sorry to kind of go back to where we were a bit. When you said re- worship as a reverence or respect for God, I was listening to everything and the way I see to worship God in respect, Sully, you asked how do some people worship? Mm-hmm. Following the Bible. So make that a living sacrifice. So to me, I never had sex outside of marriage. That was a sacrifice I did from, from, the, from just biblically what it shows that sex was intended for marriage and marriage only. Now, people read the Bible and that's why there's so many denominations. They, have, they interpret the Bible in some of the gray areas indifferently. But I have made my decisions that I'm going to follow Christ in my way and from what I've read from the Bible. So I have a Sabbath day that I worship God. I don't make money on that day. I've, I've been asked to work on those days. I won't do it. I mean, if it gets to the point where I'm going to get fired, so be it. My God will provide. That's how I see a reverence or respect for worship. It's just following the commandments, honoring my mother and father. That is an act of reverence for worship. So if I can just gain, gain clarity off of that, you're saying that that would be one of the best ways that you know how to display worship for the Lord or reverence or respect, all the, all the things that we talked about, even service can go, go go under that, is honoring the Lord and in this instance you're saying honoring the commandments as well. Yeah, so what you read, if you respect a God, if you believe that the God of the universe created the world and, and divinely inspired man to write these scriptures, if it says, turn the other cheek, it literally means turn the other cheek. It means like, you got two. Let him slap you twice. And when it says, uh, when 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 in the Bible or in Scripture where it says, if one man needs help, take the take the oxen, carry it the extra mile. I mean, that's an act of worship and reverence and respect. It's, if you believe it's divinely inspired but biblical written words, do it and don't ignore it. I, in fact, I believe that if you're ignoring it, to do, to know to do well and not do it. It always gets to that gray area is that sin and sometimes it it is <laughs> to know to do well and not do it it's sin and that's uh so yeah that's what i see as a reverence and like in me and my household i've made the decision we will serve the lord when we bought our house there was a little plaque that said in, in, in me and my household we will serve the lord still there everything else i kind of changed but that plaque <laughs> is still there there's like, there's there's a paint mark around it by one inch you wouldn't paint that part <laughs> no i'm not painting that <laughs> yeah but so that's how i worship and i think most people worship their god or god in the way they read and interpret the bible so i'm gonna step outside the box a little bit here how dare you <laughs> so Call you. You asked. Uh, you know, is this most people worship that way? Everybody in society worships worships something or somebody. No matter if they claim to be a Christian, if they claim to be an agnostic, if they claim to be an atheist, everybody worships something. No matter what they say, um, they either worship themselves. They either worship money. They either worship power, you know, they, they worship something. And so possibly even someone or someone, right. You know, it, it, it boils down to essentially 
Who are you going to worship? You know, are you going to follow the Bible's lay layout for life? And and like I was talking to the kids the other night, uh, and and use it as your your guidebook for life because it has all the answers. And and you know, it's like playing a video game. You get the the video game guide. You know, the guidebook shows you all the tricks and it shows all this stuff. Yeah, I know it's really old, isn't it? He's, he's from the Mario time. Hey, come on now. <laughs> you know, but you know, it had all it had all the tricks, it had all the stuff in it that that had uh you know, the abilities to go around all the problems, you know, and get all the secrets and get all the treasures and get all the stuff, right? Okay. <laughs> so the way I my outlook on that is yeah, you're gonna choose to follow something. You know, some people follow sports and athletes and, and they're like, it's their God, like literally. I mean, they, they are so absorbed with it. They worship it wholeheartedly. And some people it's, you know, cars or, or things. I mean, it is, it, it is what it is. We all worship something. You brought up three really great points here. Worship, I feel, is a, a reciprocated feeling. It is our job to worship him, but we in in turn feel that deep love and adoration from him i spoke just a second ago about how i relate to god with music and i'm not going to sing it but the the words here because it's probably copyright infringement if i (laughs) if i sing it here but but read it as a poem yeah this is a a, a hymnal and and, uh, we, we sang it so much growing up you guys are really familiar with it sully might not be so much but there's within my heart a melody. Jesus whispers sweet and low, Fear not, I am with you. Peace, be still. In all of life's ebb and flow. It's hard not to sing this. Jesus, 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 the sweetest name I know. He fills my understanding and keeps me singing as I go. Yeah. <laughs> oh. This 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 song, it's you know, um, it's God talking to us. It's God soothing our heart, showing us the love and adoration that we are giving to Him, because we put our faith in Him. We we worship Him. He brings us that that calmness inside. He brings us that that satisfaction and understanding that we can we can release the control a little bit because He has it. No matter how you have been convicted to worship in your own life. It is my prayer that all of you do worship the Lord. Find that way that the Lord is really convicting you or, or that, that niche that the Lord really, um, if, if you're great with service, great. You know what? That could be a wonderful, not just ministry, but a wonderful way to show the Lord that you love him. So uh, with that, I guess we will wrap this up. And to my left, I have. This is Sully. This is Mike. Adios, Israel. This has been Tom. And this was an awesome episode. We love you guys. We'll see you later. Well, hello again. I hope you had a great time. Feel free to reach out to that chili crew on the interwebs. You can reach them at that book of faces. Also a twittering bird. And you can also send an electronic mail at biblicalchili at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you soon.